You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com and the Packernet Podcast. I am your host. My name is JJ Leahy. Follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y, to stay up to date on all things Packers. Green Bay did make a couple of roster moves for the Lions game. You may recall they had to place Tyler Irvin, Billy Wynn, and Raven Green all on injured reserve. This left a few open roster spots. They also wanted to sign center Anthony Fabiano to the practice squad. So to make room for Fabiano, they promoted Henry Black to the active roster. Running back A.J. Dillon was activated off the COVID-19 list. Tight end Dominique Daphne got the official call-up to the active roster. Meanwhile, wide receiver Juwan Winfrey and guard Ben Braden again get elevated from the practice squad to the game day roster. One of my favorite stats about 2020 is that every time the Packers have elevated at least two players, they have never lost a game. Hopefully they can keep that streak going this week as they play a beaten-up and beaten-down Detroit Lions team. Here to talk Packers-Lions is outside linebackers coach and offensive line coach of McFarland High School, Brian Hahn. All right, Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, bud. It's always my pleasure. So I want to start off this week by talking about the D-line because we are definitely really thin at D-line. We lost uh, Billy Wynn this past week. He's on uh, IR, Montrevious Adams the week before that. We actually, uh, as a team, we only have uh, five D linemen on the roster, and that includes Anthony Rush, who was signed this past week and has not played a single snap for the Packers. So you and I were talking about this before we started recording. There, the lack of depth here is a massive concern. You can't afford to lose somebody, especially heading into the playoffs here. Have you seen anything on film as you've been watching where Petten is using the backers and safeties to help bolster the D-line? Yeah, I have. That's a great question because I, w- I was kind of questioning. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of the lack of depth at that position. So I was kind of questioning why this defense continued to evolve in the way it did in the, in the last couple of weeks. And now that you mention that, it makes total sense because Petten seems to be protecting the D-line a little bit with some of these calls where uh, traditionally he would ask the defensive linemen to eat double teams and allow those linebackers to go through and be untouched defenders as long as the defensive line is actually eating double teams. But eating a double team is a very physically taxing, very exhausting task. So what I've been noticing lately is a lot of times, especially on inside zone and and wide zone against some of those teams, 
some of the offensive linemen are getting a free shot to the inside linebackers. And I was wondering why that was happening. Well, uh, Patton has actually been kind of scheming that up to where instead of trying to box those types of runs in and, and force the cutback back to the linebackers, he's actually now trying to spill it with the D line, which isn't as physically taxing and it's not as exhausting as eating a double team. So he's trying to spill it out to the boundary a little bit more, let that edge get set a little bit wider and then asking his safeties to come down and fill the alley, which um, I, you and I were talking just a little bit before, but there's something about this Will Redmond guy, the way he fills an alley is, is very exciting to watch. So now that you mentioned that it totally makes sense uh, and, and I'm able to put it together a little bit more, but he's definitely protecting that D line. And that is a giant concern. Well, Will Redmond is a guy that they do need to step up because of the lack of depth at safety as well. Again, due to injury, uh, Raven Green is on IR, probably will not return this year. Along the D-line, so there's four names that we are familiar with. Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster, and Dean Lowry. And the production has not been there in terms of numbers for Kenny Clark the way people were hoping you definitely have really appreciated what you have seen on the film from him can you talk about some of the guys on that d-line d Lowry, dean lowry and, and kenny clark in particular and, and kind of what you've been seeing from them and also tyler lancaster and kingsley kiki Sure, absolutely. Um, we have to keep in mind that previously up until like week eight, week nine, when Petten started protecting some of these D linemen, um, you have to understand that their job was very difficult to get numbers on. They were there to on runs, especially there to eat double teams. Um, there to shock and shed and force some cutback opportunities to an unblocked linebacker, that sort of stuff. And then the way that he runs his pass rush is a whole lot of outside linebacker and sometimes some inside backer. Sometimes he'll use a creeper safety, but he's not really always setting these guys up for um, pass opportunity, for rushing the passer opportunities. So the numbers um, being down just from a number standpoint kind of makes sense. Now, um, I know people are kind of back and forth on Kenny Clark, but I love the dude. Like if I had a Kenny Clark at nose, a true zero tech like that, who can eat double teams and still split them and get his hips skinny and stuff like that, his effort and his motor is just unbelievable. That's the guy you want there. Uh, unfortunately, and, and you trapped me into talking personnel, so kudos to you. But um, unfortunately, I don't always see that with Dean Lowry. Um you know, if you're going to play that defensive end position in a 3-4, um, it's going to be very, very difficult to not be able to split double teams and, and still be productive. I am, however, loving what I'm seeing from this Lancaster kid. He's a, a, a D-end with a motor a lot like Clark. Um, you can see him in some true zero techniques where he can go through and attack the center. He's athletic enough to put in a five-tech outside of the tackle. Like, I'm really excited to see what this kid can bring. The Packers are not the only team that are racked by injury. Detroit, who we're playing this Sunday, is in pretty bad shape, especially at offensive line. They are going to be without uh, starting right tackle Tyrell Crosby. Matt Nelson is going to probably step in, played significant snaps for the Lions against the Bears. Have you seen anything from the Lions on offense that the Packers defense can take advantage of? Absolutely. Like you like you said, this offensive line right now is a liability. So obviously Detroit has to get them some help. You're going to see a lot of six and sometimes even seven man protection, which really hurts Stafford and really hurts the throw game. 
because as much as Detroit says they want to hang their hat on the run game, they are a throw-first offense. So if you have to take some eligible receivers out to stop a four-man rush and you have to block six on four, advantage goes to the defense. And this plays right into Petten's hand. What he wants to do a whole lot is play some cover four, play some trap divorce cover six, which means you're only bringing four on a rush. So it plays right into their hands very nicely as long as you can get pressure from four. And then in obvious passing situations, I would not be surprised to see a little bit of man cover one, get a little more aggressive like we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks and bring five and six. Unfortunately for the Lions, their offense is definitely their strong suit, really having major problems at linebacker and at corner. They're going to be without Jeff Okuda and Desmond Trufant this Sunday. And you have been seeing some pretty nasty looking things out of their linebacker group in a good way for the Packers. Absolutely. Like this linebacking crew, aside from Jamie Collins, who uh, traditionally plays some buck for them, they are very, very inefficient in the passing game. Definitely exploited by Minnesota in that Minnesota-Detroit game. Minnesota came out in a ton of heavy personnel, a lot of 21 personnel, two tight ends on the field, um, played a lot of tight end wing so that they could really dictate and steer where Detroit would set their strength. And then based on where Detroit would set their strength with Jamie Collins, they would just attack backside with a slot receiver in Adam Thielen. If they ended up uh, putting the passing strength to the slot receiver, then the tight ends absolutely went nuts. So then Detroit ended up trying to go nickel a little bit more, and uh, and Minnesota just ran the ball down their throat. So Minnesota definitely had an answer for everything that Detroit did, and I expect more of the same out of Green Bay. Look for a lot of throws on early downs, uh, first and second um, downs where they can steer some personnel, and then look for a ton of heavy sets. Look for a lot of 21 personnel trying to keep those linebackers on the field and keep Detroit out of nickel and dime. One final thought before we leave here. I have been crying for two months at this point about the Packers special teams. And it took a, it took a while after the Tampa Bay game where we first lost Tyler Irvin for other teams to really take advantage, start taking advantage of our weaknesses on special teams. And that has been highlighted abundantly in, in over the last week after the Packers allowed uh, yet another punt return for a touchdown. What did you see on that play and what would be your solution to fixing special teams if you were in charge? Yeah, and solid question. I do want to make it very clear that I don't like coming after coaches, especially those tremendously more successful than I. But as I saw it in that Eagles game, the Packers were simply out-schemed. Uh, the Eagles kept a very light box, kept a six-man box against the Packers' eight-man or full protection. So anytime the Packers are within the their own 30-yard line and punting, they're going to max protect it, and they're going to keep eight in protection. The Eagles only brought six. They double-teamed both of the Gunners both times and were able to steer exactly where Green Bay would drive down the field for coverage and then were able to set up a wall. So on that first drive for Green Bay where they punted, it wasn't a big deal because J.K. Scott put it out of bounds and they didn't have an opportunity to return. However, in that fourth quarter, you could see it, like you could almost feel it coming. The Eagles only rushed four. The linebackers' heels were at 10 yards. They were definitely playing more return than punt rush. And the Packers stayed with eight-man protection on that uh, touchdown that was given up, which allowed Detroit to go ahead and get great angles in the crack and wall game. And, and they just simply asked their one special returner, Jalen Rager, to make one man miss in the open field. And it was a house call. So they were definitely out schemed in that. Now to give the Packers a little bit of credit uh, when, when they punted after that return, 
they did get out of that max protect look and they were still deep in their own end. They got out of that max protect look. They put a couple of tight ends on with a couple of wings that allowed them to spread the coverage over the field all in all and forced a fair catch. But um, yeah, definitely some, uh, some scheme troubles that we've seen since the Houston game, really. Well, Coach, thank you for your time. It's been a blast having you on here. We only have a couple more games left this season before the playoffs. I am looking forward to many more talks with you in the future here on The Daily Cheese. It's always my pleasure, man. And be careful. You might, who knows, you might end up making me a Packer fan, my man. That does it for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet podcast hosted by Ryan Schlipp, Back Daddy. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, that's L-A-H-E-Y, so you don't miss anything. I'll be right back here next time. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.